Hello and welcome to episode 78 of the Vegan Business Drive podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And today we're going to be talking about what actually happens when you decide to veganize your business. What happens if you decide that it's time to put your ethics where your mouth is and announce to the world from this day forth that your business is now a vegan business? What's going to happen to those customers that you've already got, especially if they're not vegan themselves? What's it going to mean for finding new customers? Will they want to work with a vegan company? Well, it's a conversation that we've had with a lot of our vegan business tribe members that want to align their ethics with how they make a living. So I've got a lot to share with you on this topic today. But before we jump in, just a shout out to our vegan business tribe members and fans that we bumped into at the Northern Vegan Festival in Manchester this weekend. It was genuinely great to see such a packed out in-person vegan events now that the pandemic restrictions have lifted. And Lisa and I, we had a lot of fun trying out all the free samples, chatting to the stall holders and just taking photographs with our vegan business tribe members who were also there. But if you have a show or a fair coming up yourself do go right back and listen to episode 24 of this podcast because that's where I talk about how to get the most out of vegan fairs and markets because there were a lot of stalls where I was able to go up have a chat with the owner, try out some of their samples and just love what they were doing, but then walk away without that stallholder having any mechanism to get me on their mailing list or even just to get me following them on social media before I moved on to the next stand. One notable exception, though, was our Vegan Business Tribe members, Animal Think Tank. And they were running both a competition on their stand just to get people to leave their ideas of how we can faster end animal suffering. And they were getting people to sign up to their mailing list at the same time. So full points to Owen on that one. And do go check out the amazing work that Animal Think Tank are doing over at animalthinktank.org.uk because they're also recruiting at the moment too. And as always, if you want to go beyond this podcast and properly get involved with Vegan Business Tribe, then we've got a full membership community to help you grow your vegan business. We've got online events that you can join to both learn and meet other vegan business owners. We've got an academy full of courses, member-only content and interviews with successful vegan businesses. And we've got our community 
Community Hub as well. And that's where you can connect with other vegan business owners, just to ask them questions and get help and support. And if you want to ask a question of myself and Lisa, then you can do that in the Community Hub too. At the same time as getting all this great stuff. It's our members who fund Vegan Business Tribe. So if you want to support us producing this podcast every single week and so that we can keep doing everything that we do to support and champion the vegan scene around the world, then go take a look at Vegan Business Tribe and click on the join button on the homepage to see everything that you get as a member. Okay, so let's jump into today's session. But before we talk about what happens when your company goes vegan, let's just ask first why people want to make their company vegan in the first place. Well, when you first went vegan yourself, probably the first thing that you looked at was the food that you ate, because that's just the obvious place to start. But next, you probably looked at the clothes you were wearing and started to remove the animal products from them. And then you start to look at what cosmetics and toiletries you're buying and just what you're putting onto your body. But at some point you start to think about how you are spending your time. Because if you're passionate about the vegan cause, and often it's the new vegans who are the most passionate, then you want to do what you can to move that vegan cause forwards. For some of us, that means getting involved with activism groups. So, you know, getting on a coach at the weekend to go to a demo or an event. For others, it's about what activism you can do to educate those people who are around you, starting with your friends and families. But for some people, and because you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to guess that you fall into this group. But for some people... We look at the skills that we've already got. We look at how we're already making a living. We look at all that career capital that we've built up over the years. And we think, how can I use that to make a difference? Because when you bring together your passion with how you make a living, when you can align your ethics with your day-to-day work, that's when the real magic starts to happen in business. For many of us, though, when we came to that realisation that we wanted to move a vegan course forwards with a business, we had already built up an established business that was doing something else. And that's what happened to Lisa and me. When we turned vegan, we were already running a successful marketing and business growth agency. And that was what was paying our bills. We had already built up a particular skill set over years of running our own business. In my case, I'd run my own business for more than 20 years. So, We said to ourselves, we've got all this experience helping companies grow. So why not just use our skills to help vegan businesses grow? And it didn't quite work out like that. Because what we discovered really quickly was that vegan businesses 
they had no money. So Lisa and I, we were used to working on consultancy rates. So we were finding all these great, amazing vegan businesses doing amazing things that we really wanted to work with. But let's just say that when we quoted our hourly rate, not many of them returned our phone calls. So it took a couple of years of us trying out different ways of working in the vegan sector. And that actually led to us working with some of the biggest food brands in the world to help educate them on the vegan marketplace. But we had to do that before we stumbled on the idea of vegan business tribe and if you are interested in hearing that story in full if i've not bored you with it before then go and listen to episode 22 because that's why i tell our full vegan business tribe origin story the reason that i'm mentioning lisa and mine's professional vegan journey is because it mirrors that of a lot of our vegan business tribe members our business at that time had an established customer base who had nothing to do with veganism. I mean, none of our customers were actively anti-vegan. We weren't working with anybody in animal agriculture or dairy, for instance. They were just what I tend to call ethically neutral companies. But we needed to retain that customer base. We're on long-term contracts with many of them. And we particularly enjoyed being able to pay ourselves every month. So we had this dilemma. We desperately wanted to align our ethics with how we made a living. But if we just came out and announced that we were becoming a vegan company, then what would those customers think? All of a sudden, would we just not be relevant to them anymore? Would they feel that they were just not for us because they were not vegan companies and go and find a new agency? We simply didn't know. And because at that point, we'd had no experience of this, we spent a long time trying to work out what to do. And this is the place that we find a lot of our vegan business tribe members who are looking to transition their company. The biggest fear is what will happen to your current customers if you start promoting yourself as a vegan business. And what about potential new customers who are not vegan, but you would still be very happy to work with? Will they still buy from or work with a vegan business? Or will that just put them off? Like I said, when you have your own business, you kind of like to keep paying yourself, meaning that losing customers, it's a huge thing. So, that fear becomes so big that for a long time, most people decide to simply do nothing that might rock the boat. Now, not only have Lisa and I gone through this ourselves, but we've helped a number of our vegan business tribe members go through this transition too. And the results, well, they might surprise you. First, most of your current customers they won't actually care. If they are established customers and they are already satisfied with your product or service, then your company going vegan, it's probably not going to change that. So 
unless you're actually stopping or significantly changing what you offer. So, for example, if you're a caterer and you're now only going to offer vegan food, then unless this is you, your company going vegan, it's probably not going to have that much of an impact on your customers. They might not even notice. And if they do, well, it will most likely be seen as a positive. Veganism doesn't create the same negative reaction in as many people as it did even just a few years ago. Most people have had now at least a positive experience of eating vegan food, and they probably have a friend or family member who is vegan themselves. So to them, they see veganism as meaning that somebody is ethical and environmentally conscious and everybody wants their suppliers to be ethical and environmentally conscious i mean why wouldn't you everybody wants to decrease their impact on the environment but many of us we don't have the impetus to actually go out there and do anything about it ourselves so instead we look to the companies that we buy from to make those changes And back in episode 64, we looked at toilet paper company Who Gives a Crap. Yes, you heard that right, a toilet paper company. But they allow people to be more environmentally conscious simply by changing who they buy their toilet paper from. So if you give customers the option to either buy a product or service from an ethical company who is trying to make the world a better place or to buy that same product from a company that isn't, then everything else being equal, nine out of 10 people will choose the company that's trying to do good. And that 10th person, well, that's probably the kind of person that you wouldn't want as your customer anyway. And that's one of the main things that you need to keep in mind here. Anybody who is put off by your company being a vegan business, especially if it doesn't impact the product that they're buying or the service that they get from you, then they are probably not the kind of person that you're looking to do business with anyway. Your company publicly declaring that it's vegan It's a great tool for rooting out the kind of customers that you just don't want. However, the key for your other customers that you do want to keep is just to make sure that you are being inclusive and to take them along on the journey with you. Most vegan businesses, well, at the moment anyway, they don't just serve vegan customers. In fact, we know that in almost every sector, from food to vegan business services, the biggest customer base for vegan products are non-vegans. So if you have got, for example, a cleaning company and you've decided to take that company vegan, then celebrate how you will no longer be using cleaning chemicals that are harmful to the environment and haven't been tested on animals. Your non-vegan customers, they will be 100% on board with that. And they'll just think that it's a great thing. And again, you are allowing them to feel that they are doing their bit by using you as their cleaning contractor. 
Or maybe you already run an ethical online store and you announce that your range will be going completely vegan and cruelty-free. Your customers, they're going to see this as just being a further extension of your company's ethical standpoint. And the point is, veganizing an existing company, it's a bit like going vegan yourself. Most of us didn't just go vegan overnight. It was a journey of learning little bits of information here and there, of making small changes, and all this eventually led to us finally taking that final vegan step. And your business, it can do the same. Many people transition their business by first starting to talk about their ethics before they talk about veganism. They will first replace the dairy milk in the meeting room fridge with oat milk and just explain to customers that it's better for the environment. Or they'll look to reduce their energy use or to get more of their electricity from renewable sources. This is what we saw from vegan business tribe members Bison Print, who are based in Maidstone, Kent, here in the UK. They launched their Bison Planet initiative, which saw them getting the ISO 14001 accreditation for environmental management. Their factory now gets 85% of their energy from the solar panels that they installed on the roof of their print shop. An upgraded heating and cooling system that reduced their carbon footprint by 75%. And so, when Veganuary came around, they simply saw this as another way to encourage people to reduce their impact. And they managed to encourage over 80% of their workforce to go vegan for the month. And they worked out that by doing this... They saved over half a million litres of waters and more than a tonne of CO2. Now that is a truly vegan company. Do they just employ vegans? Of course not. Do they just sell to vegans? No, not at all. But Mark Bidewell, who runs Bison, he has created a company run on vegan ethics to rival any Beyond Meat. And the thing is, when put in context with everything else that the company has done to their customers, the fact that Bison Print only use vegan printing inks and vegan laminates in their printing, that's just a further extension of the company's ethical stance. We've also seen other vegan business tribe members more directly embrace veganism in their business, such as design agency Kakadu Creative. And it took a little time for Kaylee and Lee to get comfortable with publicly advertising the fact that they were a vegan company. But now they proudly display a 100% vegan badge on their homepage and they introduce themselves as an ethical, sustainable, vegan, creative agency. And the interesting thing about Kakadu is how simply making that distinction and embracing their veganism within the business, how that has led to business opportunities that never presented themselves before. 
Because once you set yourself on a mission, you will find that other people who are on the same mission, they're going to be attracted to you. And Kaylee, who is Kakadu's business director and co-founder, she's a very passionate activist with Extinction Rebellion. And with Kakadu having recently made public that they are a vegan company, she posted a photograph of herself on LinkedIn on an XR protest march in London. And let's just say it was a bit of an action shot where Kaylee was trying to keep hold of her drum while the police were trying to forcefully disperse the protesters. And you might think that LinkedIn is not the place for that. But that photograph became, I believe, one of Kaylee's most viewed and commented on LinkedIn posts. And it got the attention of the other ethically-led business people in her contacts list. And they commended her on her action and her passion. Because when you start to talk about your ethics, you start attracting other people who share those ethics too. Another of our vegan business tribe members, Damien Skibberus, who in short stop video production, is an amazing videographer. But for years, Damien ran a standard video business, helping companies make product videos and corporate films. But then, devastatingly, Damien got diagnosed with bowel cancer. And that's going to have a massive impact on anybody's life. But whilst going through his cancer treatment and recovering from the surgery, Damien spent time just re-evaluating everything. And thankfully, he's had the all clear now. But Damien decided that was the prompt that he needed to align his business ethics with his love and compassion for animals. So first, he joined us at Vegan Business Tribe. And because he had such an amazing story, Lisa wrote about Damien in her monthly column in Vegan Food and Living magazine. Now, this led one of our other members to introduce Damien to an opportunity with Joey Carbstrong one of the UK's biggest vegan activists and influencers, to become Joey's cameraman and editor for his latest series on vegan street activism. And Damien's camera work on that project got seen by Joey's quarter of a million Facebook followers. Damien has since started devoting a proportion of his time to documenting his local animal sanctuary, Starfield Sanctuaries. And his first short film, Saved by Jane, that profiles the sanctuary's founder, Jane Baker, who has rescued over 130 animals. And yes... Damien and Short Stop Video still help companies with kick-ass product videos. And he still does corporate videos for non-vegan companies too. But he now does a lot more for vegan ones. And all these opportunities and all these new connections in the vegan scene, they came about because he simply started to talk more about his ethics. He embraced his veganism professionally. And any customers who might be put off that Damien has worked as the cameraman for a well-known vegan activist, or he produces short films about his local animal sanctuary, 
Well, they're the kind of people that he'd probably rather not work with anyway. His client base has become self-selecting. You don't need to make the move to presenting yourself as a vegan business in just one leap. Like many of our vegan business tribe members, Damien, he usually promotes himself as an ethical cameraman rather than a vegan one. Jay Street from Mindful Wealth, he talks about ethical investment and personal finance. Motion Manor are the ethical animation studio, and they prove this by working with other ethical businesses. And they'll let you decide if you fall into that category or not. But what you'll notice is that they seem to shout about the work they do with their vegan clients the most. And when you are an openly vegan company. This gives you the opportunity to educate and to nudge your non-vegan customers in a really positive way. And you don't have to worry about coming over as all preachy when doing this. From my many years of experience in business, it is not unusual to be engaged by the personal passions of a company when you go and visit them. I've been shown how to put on a life jacket that was just sat there in the meeting room because of a managing director of this business. He was a sailing enthusiast. I even wasn't allowed to start one meeting with a large public company until I'd taken on the sales manager at a game of table football. It was just the unwritten company rule. All this sort of stuff, it's part of the fun and personality of a company. So if vegan is your company's thing, then your customers, they'll get that and they'll probably be interested to learn more too. So invite your customers to sign up to the Veganuary Challenge with you every year and share some guides to help them complete it. Challenge your suppliers or even your competitors, even better, to a vegan cake bake-off and let your social media audiences decide the winner. When your customer comes to have a meeting with you, explain why you've only got plant milk for their coffee and challenge them to try a few different vegan biscuits just to find their favourite. And then one final point to consider when you're looking to veganise your business is that it might make more sense to actually launch a whole new brand altogether instead. You might have heard me talk about Keith Lesser from Vegan Accountants before because we're big fans of vegan accountants and the work that Keith does. And I always use them as an example of where the vegan business scene is at the moment. I say, look, you can even use vegan accountants for your vegan business now. But vegan accountants, it's actually the vegan arm of Keith's long-established family accountancy practice that he'd already built up before he turned vegan. In fact, it was taking on a vegan cafe as a client that set Keith on his own vegan journey in the first place. Now, the vegan accountants division of the company, that's grown to the point where they've got a full team of vegan accountants looking after their vegan clients. 
But there is only so far that you can push the vegan angle with some businesses. So at some point, it might just make sense to start up something new as a vehicle for your vegan passions. Take a look at Veganuary co-founder Matthew Glover. Matthew's background, it was originally in the windows, doors and conservatories market, having founded West Yorkshire Windows with his brother when he was just 21. And Matthew could have tried to push veganism through his Windows company, but that would have had a very limited potential and it just wouldn't have made sense. So instead, he launched Veganuary with his wife Jane as a separate standalone project. And it might be that you're in a similar situation. Is there genuinely the opportunity to support the vegan cause by veganizing your current business? Or is it the case that your current business and your current customers instead, that's what provides the stability and the income to allow you to launch something else alongside it? In my experience, it can take up to two years to get a new business to the place where it is reliably paying you a wage. So having that other income keep coming in from your current business whilst you build a new vegan one, that's not a bad idea. So there's obviously a lot of options and routes to veganizing your business. And it's fair to say that there isn't a single blanket answer to this one for all companies. Some will find it really easy just to switch over to publicly being a vegan business. And especially if you make food. And for others, it might have to be done in a few steps. So exploring the ethical side of your business first with your customers, with your veganism then being a logical extension and result of that. Others might decide that their current businesses aren't really much of a platform for veganism and so launch a brand new company or a new brand like vegan accountants did or even start something completely new alongside an established business. What I will say though is veganising your business, it's a bit like going vegan yourself. You will always wish that you had done it sooner. Okay, so let's wrap up by taking a quick look back at the points that we've just covered with a bullet point roundup where we ask the question, will your company going vegan put your customers off? Number one, the biggest fear is what will happen to your current customers if you start promoting yourselves as a vegan business? And will potential new customers who are not vegan themselves still be happy to work with you? And it's this fear that stops many people making the change sooner. Two, but the truth is, most of your current customers, they won't actually care. If they are established customers and you are already giving them what they need and they are satisfied with your product and service, then your company going vegan, it's not going to change that. Three, anybody who is put off by your company being vegan, and especially if it doesn't impact the product they're buying or the service they get from you, then they're probably not the kind of person that you're looking to do business with anyway. 
your company publicly declaring its vegan ethics that allows your client base to become self-selecting. Four, when you set yourself on a mission, other people on that same mission, they're going to be attracted to you. You will find that new opportunities present themselves and other people reach out to you who share your same ethics. Five, for many businesses, going vegan is done in steps, like Bison Print, who launched an environmental initiative first, from which their veganism, it was just a natural extension. Six, other companies decide to describe themselves as ethical rather than vegan at first, and they let you decide if your business falls into that category as a potential customer. And seven, you might instead decide to launch a separate brand for your vegan company and customers, like vegan accountants did. Or you might decide that there's only so far you can push the vegan angle with your current business, just like Matthew Glover and West Yorkshire Windows. So it might make sense to start a new vehicle for your vegan passions. And that is it. And I've enjoyed this one because, like I said, it's one of those really common questions that our members have. And if you haven't yet declared your vegan ethics as a business yet, then just have a good think about the different scenarios that we've spoken about in this session. I haven't yet found one business who has transitioned from an established business to a vegan one that has regretted doing it or found that they lost any customers. In fact, the opposite has tended to happen. It's been the missing jigsaw piece to them building a successful business. All of a sudden, they found new opportunities as people connect with their mission. And that leads me nicely into my ending segue there, because if you connect with our mission to help vegan businesses skill up and scale up and you're not yet a member of Vegan Business Tribe, then do go take a look at the website, because I would genuinely like to hear more about your business and what you are doing. And it's your membership that helps keep this podcast on the air, and it means that we can keep supporting vegan businesses worldwide. Just head over to veganbusinesstribe.com, click on the join button and you'll find out how we can support you and how you can support us in return. And then finally, just one thing before I let you go. I know I'm demanding, but if you're listening on a platform that lets you leave a five-star rating or a written review, I would be forever in your debt if you can do either of those things. Just let people know that this is a podcast worth listening to. iTunes especially lets you leave a written review. And I think Google Podcasts lets you give a, a thumbs up or a five-star rating or something similar. But it is genuinely a massive help to us if you can do that. So... Thank you so much for listening. Lisa and I, and I know I say this every week, but they're not empty words. Lisa and I really appreciate you giving up your time to listen every single week. And I will see you on the next one. <laughs>